let's uh, go ahead and uh, say what God has spoken to us in Isaiah 50 verse 4. It's our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. God has to open your ears for you to hear his word and understand it. It's, it's not natural uh, for us to be able to understand what God is saying. Uh, spiritually, we can receive from him. So spiritually, it is done. My message this morning is titled, Embrace Your Unusual Place of Privilege with God. That's pretty long, right? <laughs> I tried to shorten it, it didn't work. I just had to leave it this way. <laughs> Embrace your unusual, because it's not normal. It's not ordinary. An unusual place of privilege with God. Many times we read scriptures and we're not thinking what God is really saying to us. Because if you stop and think and meditate on it, your mind will change. And when your mind changes, your attitude will change, and the way you carry yourself before people and before God is different. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. And the only way you can renew your mind is through the Word. As you understand what God is saying, and you begin to understand the unusual place God has you in his mind. Not your mind, not your experience, not the things that you've gone through in the past, but the way God sees you. The, when you begin to see yourself the way God sees you, you will begin, your attitude will begin to change. The way you carry yourself will change. And when you are before people, they can sense there's a difference. It's always so. I've met a lot of people, they have all kinds of ideas in their mind. And they, don't, they wonder why people don't want to be around them. Even before they speak a word. They, make them, they, they appear and they make the people uncomfortable. Without them saying anything. And that's because what they've believed. And what is inside of them. And so it's just around and you feel very uncomfortable. And you want to get away. And you don't even know why. I've seen that happen. If you, if, you, if you allow me, people that like to gossip a lot, sometimes you see them in church, and you know that guy likes to gossip a lot, and then there is a new one that just came in, and before you know, they find each other. <laughs> and you're wondering, oh my God, how did they discover this guy? They're talking. For a pastor, it's very uncomfortable. Because you can't go tell them, hey, how did you find this fellow? I mean, we all, I mean, you just, in a one church service, back to back. And you, I go, oh my God, what's going on? A lot of people have been talking to me. Oh, yes, I know that. Who are these lots of people? That's because of what's in them. There's a spiritual thing going on. And so when you understand what God has said in his word, and you begin to imbibe those things, and begin to accept those things, and begin to embrace those things, your mind changes. And the way you relate to God changes, and the way you relate to people changes, because you now, like him, and you love. The critical part of you is gone. You just see people, and you can understand what they're going through. And you have that empathy in your heart for them because you're like him now. You see God the way he is and he sees you the way you are. That's very important. There is a place of privilege in this time. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10. All sins have been delivered to me by my father. So there is nothing that's not been delivered to Jesus. You have been delivered to him. Whether you like it or not. The father has given him authority over your life. 
all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one, say the word no one, no one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one. So if you've come to know who the Son is, that's the place of privilege. God must have opened something to you to recognize that that's the Son of God. Because only God knows. How did you get to know it? How? Of all the creatures of the people on earth, you were able to know that Jesus is the Son of God. That's not because of you. It's because of God. That's a place of privilege. Everyone doesn't have that. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. That's why Jesus said, everyone who is heard from the Father comes to me. When you don't go to Jesus, you haven't heard from the Father. You are not in a place of privilege. You're human, but you are not in a place of privilege. But when you can get something from the Father, that means God has placed you in a place of privilege. There's something He sees in you. Don't ask me what. And He says, I want that one. Amen? I want that one. And as soon as that happens, your eyes open. The rest of the world don't want anything to do with him. But you cannot do without him and you know it. Because he's there inside of you. He's opened your eyes. You can see. No one knows who the son is except the father. And who the father is except the son. Nobody knows. Not a single human knows that. Oh, the Father, you hear about Him, but you don't know Him. But listen to this, the place of privilege. No one knows, it says, who the Father is, except the Son. And no one, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. So, until Jesus wills to reveal the Father to you, you won't know who he is. He's got to reveal it to you. And then when you come to a place where you know who the Father is, that's not because of you. That's because the Son himself has chosen to reveal who the Father is to you. That's why you can preach a message to a group of people some of them think he's silly. What he's talking about don't make sense. They can get it. And then the others are saying, that makes a lot of sense. One's blind, the other one can see. One mocks, and the other one is repenting and calling back to their God. There's a big difference. A day is coming when God will separate the goats from the, goats from the sheep. There's a big difference. The sheep will see. And understand. But the goats were not. They have no understanding. My prayer is everyone that's hearing my voice this morning. May God reveal his. May Jesus reveal his father to you. And you get in that place of privilege. Then Jesus says something. Now he said this to the public. Everybody. But then he turned to those that God has chosen. Listen to what he said to them. In verse 23, he says, Then he turned to his disciples and said, So they already disciples. They already got some insight. Okay, they knew something. He turned to them and said, Blessed are your eyes. Amen? We see the things you see. So, there are eyes that are not blessed. They can't see the things the disciples are seeing. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it. And to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Many prophets and kings in the past 
what you're hearing today as gospel. They, they knew it was coming. They just wanted to hear just a little bit of what you're hearing today. They wanted to know the story of Jesus. In the gospel, they had no opportunity to know exactly what you know today. You are, as a Christian, in a place of privilege. Kings and prophets, even David, could not figure out what you know today. Even the angels, the gospel that is preached, that converts a man, that changes a man, that brings healing to a person, that brings you close to God, even the angels, they were interested in stuff to know exactly what's really going on there. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. To whom it was revealed that not to themselves, Old Testament prophets and kings, but to us. Say with me, to us. That's your place of privilege. They ministered for you. Their lives looking forward to us. And look at the way we carry ourselves. As, we, as if we are ordinary. Why? Because we are looking at the past. But the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Don't ask me how. God sees a new type of being. Different from the rest of the world. You are a new creation. It's as if God recreated the world again, but now it's just you. You don't see yourself that way, but I'm challenging you. See yourself the way God sees you. You are a new creation. The old is gone, but we like to stay with the old. We like to say, well, pastor, you don't understand where I came from. Forget where you came from. Forget where you came from. And embrace where God's placed you today. And see yourself the way God sees you and stand in your place. That's what he's talking about. He says they preached for us, they ministered, they ministered. Things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. Sent from heaven. Things which angels desire Hear the word desire? Desire just to look into. They don't get it. These are angels of God. They can't figure it out. They don't understand how you can be a sinner and then your eyes get opened and you receive Christ as your Savior and now you are a completely different individual. So the Bible says you should renew your mind. Think differently about yourself. See, agree with God. Two cannot walk together except they are in agreement. See yourself in the place where God has placed you. And forget the past. Forget your past mistakes. Forget your past hopelessness. Forget the troubles you're going through. Jesus said, take no thoughts. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Because... Why? You are in a place of privilege. God opened your eyes to know who the Father is. And you were smart enough to embrace him. Amen? You took him in. Now he's part of your life. There is nothing to worry about. He's got full control. Listen to this. Angels, they desire to look into it. The angel Gabriel spoke the words to Mary, right? He didn't get it. He was just a messenger, right? Met Zacharias about John the Baptist. He gave the word. I stand before God. He gave the word. Still inside, inside that angel, he's still a being. Gabriel, you can find Gabriel in, in, in Daniel's time. The same Gabriel, the same angel. And that's the same Gabriel that appeared to Mary and Zacharias. And still when they talk about what you have today as a Christian, as a believer, he doesn't get it. He has that desire. I wish I can go into this and experience what they are experiencing. Listen to this. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, For indeed it does not give aid to angels. 
God does not give aid to angels. No help for angels from God. As great as these beings are, they get no aid from Him. They are created and that's it. But for us, we get help constantly. Amen. No matter what you're going through, God's on your side. He's there for you. He has aid for you anytime, any day. God has aid for you to help you in your situation. That's a place of privilege. And you need to embrace it and take it to yourself. That this is who I am in God. I am in a place of privilege and God will help me in my situation. That's what he's saying. Aid. The angels are not helped. But you are helped. Because you're human. You are helped. For indeed he does not give aid to angels. But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. And everyone in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. If you are Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed. And because you are Abraham's seed. God has to help you. Can I hear an amen? amen? God has to help you. He gives aid to the seeds of Abraham. And if you have received Christ as your Savior, you are a seed of Abraham. And God will always respond to his covenant with Abraham, who was his friend. Always, always. He gives aid. Angels don't deserve it. But you deserve it because you are a seed of Abraham. Through the grace of God, you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have been changed. Your whole, de- your whole person is changed. You may not see yourself changed. You still look the same. Uh, you see, it's still bored like I am. <laughs> the same way. But God sees a different being. And there is a glory around you. Amen. That protects you. You're different from the world. Amen. That's why Paul said, you carry yourself like mere men. Ordinary man. And he's not happy about it. You know why? Because you are not like the rest of them. You may not believe it, but let God be true and every man a liar. And so you don't believe your belief is a lie. I'm sorry. You believe it wrongly. Let God be true. Change your mind. Amen. Change your mind and embrace what God is giving to you. Change your mind. And become fearless in life. Because God is with you. All with you all the time. Amen. He gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Notice what he said. The words that you hear. The kings and prophets of old. They wanted to hear what you're hearing. When you read your Bible. They couldn't read what you're experiencing. They didn't have that privilege. Samuel hoped that he was born in your time. I'm talking about prophet Samuel. In his heart, if you give him a chance, he would rather be born when you were born so he can read the New Testament. He never saw the New Testament. He couldn't read it. Had no understanding of how it would work. Doesn't have it. But God has given that to us. God's giving that to you. If you're hearing my voice, there is a reason why you're here this morning. You think you brought yourself here. No, God brought you here. And he wanted you to hear these words so that you begin to change your mind and begin to become hopeful instead of hopeless. Fearless instead of fearful. Because God called you and you are part of his family. You're part of his family. He's part of your family. The word, think about the word that you hear. Everything that you see came after the word. And they came because of the word. The word is God. Everything that you see, every situation, every problem, because of the word. They proceeded from him. That's what he says. I have dominion over everything. The word has dominion. The word of God has dominion. Remember, the word of God is God. Has dominion over everything. Everything under the feet of the word of God. And that means Jesus. Amen. Everything under the feet of the word of God. Is Jesus. 
He is the word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. The only thing we have today is the word. The word was before all things. All things were because of the word. And the word has dominion over all things. The word can handle any problem. Because he knows how to resolve the problem. They came because of him. Everything because of him. The creator cannot be defeated by the created one. In any battle. Whatever you're going through. That's impossible. You know why? Because the created was not built to be able to resist the creator. Or defeat the creator in a matter. It can't happen. You don't have what it takes. That means Satan was not built to be able to withstand the word. Amen. Amen. I feel like dancing. (laughs) The Satan cannot withstand the word. He wasn't built to be able to stand and challenge the word in any matter. He doesn't have it. That's the place of privilege for us. Will he attempt? Yes. He's dumb. He always will try. But he always falls to his face and he's sorry for it. He says, if the princes of this world, if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of life, Jesus Christ. They crucified him for their own undoing. They didn't realize it. They crucified him to their own undoing. It destroyed them. They were happy when they were crucifying him at the cross. Yeah, we got him now. If you are the son of God, come down. They mocked him. And then all of a sudden, Satan realized, oh boy, you remember this guy? He talked about coming back again the third day. Panic. Full panic in the kingdom of the, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the dead. Panic. He said they would come back. And they were going to use the arm of flesh. Hey, Pilate, help us. You know this deceiver. They knew it wasn't a deceiver. He said he's coming back in third day. I'm sure none of them slept that night. <laughs> Before the third day came. Panic. Can never defeat him. When you think you are winning, you are really destroying yourself. He lost everything on that day. Thinking he was doing so, when problems come, the enemy is rejoicing. We got him now. We got him now. And they, oh, we're sorry. It's too late. Amen. That's your place of privilege. That's your place of privilege. That's where we are. The word of God. You know, I like to read in some. Uh, I mean, First King chapter eight verse fifty six. He says, "There blessed be the Lord." Who has given rest to his people. May God give you rest today in Jesus name. May you accept it because of your place of privilege. Amen. May God put rest in your situation today. And so you leave this place with no anxiety. No concern. Because your God is fighting for you. You don't have to fight in this fight. He'll take care of you. Because you are family member. Can I hear an amen? You are a family member. He says, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. According to all that he promised. And God has promised so many promises. This was in the Old Testament. They were testifying about something they had already experienced. That God would not lie. God gave them rest. You know what rest they were talking about? They were able to get into the promised land. That's rest for them. But they went through a lot of trouble in the wilderness, right? But God promises with truth. Let me finish that scripture. I have to go back there. It's very important. There has not failed. Let me go back. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Promised to get them to the promised land. Their place of rest. There has not failed one word. Please say the word one word. Not a single promise. There has not failed one word of all the good promises which he promised through his servant Moses. What about the good promises he promised through his servant Jesus? If not one word failed, 
in the Old Testament, and we have a better, pro, a better covenant, and Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant, if he didn't fail, not one word fail in the Old Testament, believe me, we need to believe not a word will fail you. Don't look at what you've done. Don't look at your own life. It's not about you. It's about what he's done. All you need to do is embrace what he's done for you. And God will begin to work on your behalf. It's many times Satan wants to take us to our failures and all of that. He knew your failure before you were born. Oh yes, he saw it before, from eternity. You just leave it. But he doesn't look at that. You know when Jesus said it is finished, God just relaxed. You're talking about sins. I don't see anything. Everything is beautiful there. Oh, that my child, he just did that. I don't see that. He's, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Can you see her? Open your eyes. You can't see what I see. I am God. You're blind. Open your eyes. Because we are thoroughly washed by him. Amen? Amen. And as we embrace that, we begin to, as he says, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, we are being transformed. As we look at the word of God, God begins to transform us and our minds begin to change. And we, before long, we are just like the word. That's the truth. Blessed be the Lord. He's fulfilled that. Jeremiah tells us, God says, Jeremiah, you've been looking. Yeah, you looked. You saw right. Because I'm ready. Say the word ready. ready. I am ready. To perform my word. How often God is ready. So God says, I was ready yesterday, but I'm a little tired today. Uh, Can I rest a little bit? When God says, I'm ready, he's ready all the time. (coughs) Excuse me. But notice what he's ready for. To perform his word. To perform his word. If you don't have his word, what is it to perform? Hello? You don't know his word? He said, perform. God says, what? Perform, God. He says, give me word. Amen. Give me word. I need word to perform. He's ready at all times to perform his word. Stay with the word. Be patient. According to the scriptures, let patience have its perfect way that you may be perfect and, te- and entire, wanting nothing. So give his word time. He's ready to perform his word. And the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. So the word is before all things. If he says something, he's going to do it. If he's spoken, he'll make his word good. You see, we must trust God because he's placed us in a place of privilege. I need to move on. Now listen. If you are Christ, you've become a friend of God. Amen. I know people make friendship with, uh, with uh, their dogs and their cats. <laughs> but the cat doesn't see you as a friend. Hello. You can call the cat, the dog, hey, dear friend, he's not going to speak back to you. He's not going to say, dear friend, in return. No, it doesn't happen. You just thinking I'm a friend. That's not it. You make friendship with your kind. The one that's like you. You know how people say, that's not my... I can't be around that person. He's not my type. Have you heard that? He's not my type. So they're not going to be friends with the one that's not their type. But when you are the same type, you become a friend of the same person. Right? Jesus calls us his friend. We are God's, Jesus' is friend. That means we are in his class. Let me remind you, when God created mankind, believe me, no other creature in the whole creation, including angels, were created in his image and in his likeness, except mankind. We were created to be in God's class. 
of being. Hello? Just the way he wanted it. And God hasn't changed. He still wanted us to have that dominion. Amen? That we were in his class. And because we are, God cannot say to Angel, Gabriel, now Gabriel, you are now my friend. Yeah. Jesus will not say that to an angel. An angel cannot be a friend of God. They are not in the same class. You know, many of us were so happy. I saw an angel yesterday. It's wonderful. The angel was so beautiful. You look up. No! We like to tell stories of angels. He appeared in my room. It was an angel. It was so great. I would rather see Jesus in my room. That's my friend. Angels were not created in this class. They are below. But there is a man in the Godhead right now. He's seated right there with God. He looks just like us. He has flesh like us. He is God. The angels worship him. And guess what? We are his friends. <laughs> Amen. That's a place of privilege. If you have a friend, let me go to the scriptures. I'm going, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Oof. He says, greater love as no man than this. You read know the scriptures, right? That one should lay his life down for his friends. You are a friend of God. If you are a friend, you are in the same class. Man, right? Those that are not your type cannot be your friend, right? You don't want anything to do with them. But you are his type. So you are his friend. And the love he has for you is so great, he's willing to lay his life down. When it comes to helping you, he'll rather die than to see you in trouble. He's already done that. You are my friends if you do whatever I commend you. No longer do I call you servants because a servant doesn't know, does not know what his master is doing. But I call, but I have called you friends. I have, I have, I have called you what? Friends. That for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You know what Jesus said? I don't, do any, I don't say a word until I hear from the Father. And everything is heard from the Father. He, he, he lets us have it. He's shown that to us. He's shown that to us. That's a place of privilege. The world cannot see it. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 24 says, The natural man does not understand the things of God. Foolishness to them. And I still hear people say that. That's foolish. Yeah. Because you're blind. When the day God opens your eyes, you'll see how foolish you've been. He calls us friends. We are now his friends. Let me show you a position of power for a friend. If you read in Genesis, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that? That decision was made in heaven. But somehow... His friend, Abraham, had a clue of what's going on. I'll tell you why. Because God just said, I'm going to check what's going on with Sodom and Gomorrah and see what are the, what's coming out from Sodom and Gomorrah is true. And Abraham said, would you destroy? He knew. God didn't tell him it was, read the scripture. God didn't tell him I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if it's true. Abraham knew he was going to destroy. God, God, God came down first to tell Abraham, you're going to have a son. Genesis chapter 18. You're going to have a son. And then when they got through the business, they ate two angels with God himself. They ate food and everything. And they were going. And God said, shall I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? They're friends. You can't hide it. It's a place of privilege. Before he does his thing, he has to tell his friend. Amen. He has to tell Abraham. And that's what the reason why he came down and appeared before Abraham 
to let Abraham know exactly what he's about to do. And he told Abraham, I got to read that scripture here. He told Abraham, I'm going to go check Sodom and Gomorrah and see what's going on there. And to see what is true. And Abraham says, you're going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? What if they have 50 people there? Then he says, for verse 25, Genesis 18, Far be it from you that you do such a thing as this. He's telling God what you cannot. You can't do that. That's what he's saying. A man telling God, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're going to destroy a righteous. That's not like you. You can't do it. If they have 50 people, you're going to do that. You're going to destroy them. And he says, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then he says, oh, no, no. what about if it's 40? He says, I'm not going to do that. Abraham, if he said we'll do that, you can't do that, God, 40 people. This is a friend of God. That's the place of, yeah, privilege. To be able to speak to God and demand, no, you cannot do it. We have that. We just, we, we have allowed the enemy to make us think. We are so far removed from our God, it's not part of our lives. And so we don't even respond to that. But we know. Amen? I hope you're getting something today. We know. And then he went all the way down. And then he stopped. And every time he spoke, God agreed. Yes, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not, what about 10? Uh, we're not doing that. And he stopped. That's the place of privilege. And then you see also with Moses. God said to, to um, Aaron and Miriam, he said, listen, I give to, when I talk to you, I talk to you with visions and you know, prophecies, dreams. But when I speak to Moses, he's face to face. Who are you? To challenge Moses because you think he, he did something wrong. Moses had done something wrong according to what they thought. But God says, no, that's my man, and you dare not speak to him. Even though he was the youngest in the family. Amen. It's a place of privilege. Place of privilege. And then you read in the scripture. God's about to, he was mad because the children of Israel had been disobedient to him. Let me read this scripture, it's funny. <laughs> but you see something out of it. And we have that, that privilege today, amen? In us, I pray that God will put something in you today before you leave this place so that that hopelessness is gone and you know God is on your side. And he's promised he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, he's always going to be with you. But every time you need aid, he gives you the aid, amen? Because he's the aid giver. Amen. Listen, this scripture here, it says, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen, that's Exodus chapter 32, verse 11. I have seen these people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone. It's as if Moses was holding him from doing what he wanted to do. Can you see that? Let me alone, that I, my wrath may burn. He couldn't get his wrath to the place where he could act, because Moses was standing in the way. Two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. His friend Moses was not in agreement with it. So he's saying, get out of the way, Moses. Allow my wrath to burn so I can destroy these people. And Moses said, you can't do that? Amen. That's a place of privilege. And God was pleased with it. Even though it challenged him. We see ourselves different. Listen, God was the God of Abraham. And then he became the God of 
Isaac. And then he became the God of Jacob. Now he's the God of Angela. Excuse me, I don't want to use my name. Amen. (laughs) He's now the God of good luck. He's now my God. The way they spoke to him, yes, I can talk to him. When things baffle me. He's your God. You call him your God. He's your God today. And so Moses was able to challenge him. You can't do that, God. You can't do that. And then he said to him, let me make you think, God. (laughs) What would the people think about you? You think God didn't know that? God, let me give you, maybe you're not talking, right? Let me tell you, let me give you some information here. These people are going to think you brought them out and you were not able to get them in and and then you just killed them. He was telling God like God didn't know anything. But that's the place of privilege in prayer. Amen? Amen. And then he responds in a very big way. Friend of God. Friend of God. God has given us that same place where we can talk to God. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm a little bit concerned. My time is a little bit off. Is this thing right here? Oh, okay, yeah. It's good. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. We're supposed to be closing, and I see you have a lot to say. You guys are so good. <laughs> you know our pastor said, finally, and then they come back again, and you're thinking, he's going to stop now. He comes back again, another finally. It's like Paul did the same thing, right? Finally and then finally. The wish is the real finally. Yeah. But this is what God has said to us. Most assuredly, Jesus has said to us, that place of privilege, he who believes in me, how many believe today? Yes. The works that I do, you do also. Do we really believe that? Did they say the pastors that believe in me? They say the priests and holy priests that believe in me? What about the bishops that believe in me? He or she who believes in me. Do you believe? And if you believe in him, is he telling us the truth? Why don't you try it? When you say it's too lofty for me, You don't recognize your place with him. You are his friend. Amen? Amen. Friends can help each other, right? You have some abilities. Your friend has an ability. And two of you can work together. That's what he's talking about here. You are able to do that. And greater works than this will you do because I go to my father. And whatever, see, whatever you ask in my name, what did he say? I will do it. I will do it. Many times we ask and we want it done right there. The world was not created in one day. Amen? It took God, all-powerful being. Seek this. Be patient. But ask. Amen? And stand asking. Believing. Refusing because he said, he who believes in me. So believe what you're asking for. And you get it. Over time. Go through the process. But never change your mind, nor be afraid. Amen? Never change your mind. Because once you change your mind, you've left the place of believing, you've gone into unbelief, and you'll never get the result. And many times, we change our minds, when we are at the very brink of deliverance. We change our minds because the pressure is so strong. Well, if you're going to... I've seen people kill an animal. Usually the animal struggles the most when they are about to go. Right? Well, the devil is not going to give up. When you're about to kill him, he's going to act really badly. And then you interpret that as you are not making any progress. And that's a lie. You believe the lie. Even at the place of your deliverance. Until now you asked, you've asked nothing in my name. So ask that you may receive. That your joy may be full. 
God has blessed us. I'm going to close. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says his divine power has not going to, has given to us everything that we need that pertains to life and to godliness. Everything that we need, God has given us. His divine power has given to us all things we need that pertains to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which he has given to us great and exceeding, exceedingly great promises. And precious promises that through this we might be partakers of his divine nature. Notice, when you become a Christian, you, partake, you are given the privilege of partaking in God's divine nature. It's like becoming like God himself. And guess what day it is? What day is it? John chapter 14. I just said something about the, uh, partaking his, his divine nature. You're partaking, you're part of it. What day? John 14 verse 20, I close with this. At that day, you will know. At that day, you will know. No doubt about it. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. One with the Father. What day is he talking about? The day you believe the word. Today. is the day. This is the day. Change your mind today and decide God loves me. Everything God's doing in the world today is because of you. God doesn't need to go farming. He doesn't need to do anything. He lives to give you his blessings and his goodness and mercy. That's what God is today. And you can receive that today. Don't beat yourself down because of something you did yesterday. In a single breath, say, God, would you forgive me? He's gone. Amen? He's gone. Why? Because he was gone at the cross. It is finished. He's gone. The only thing is retaining it, you haven't released it by asking for mercy. But once you release it, it's gone. And has no effect on your life anymore. Unless, except the effect that you allow. That's what the enemy is going to do. So God's calling you this morning to assume your place of privilege. Know who you are. Know that you're special. And carry yourself that way. And if you carry yourself that way, Satan will respect you that way. And your friends will respect you that way. Because they will see a new you. Amen? That's going to happen. Stand up with me this morning. Thank you. We are to be fearless no matter what comes at us. Amen? I believe in that very strongly. Because as you read in the scripture, every time there is a problem, and, and people are wondering and a little afraid, the words from the mouth of Jesus is always, don't be afraid. Fear not. Only believe. You heard those words today? You are part of that. Every one of you that I'm looking at today, you are part of that. Every one of you. No one is accepted. God knows who you are. And to him, you are very special. I need you to change your mind because you are insulting him by refusing to believe what he believes. I need you to change your mind today. Amen? Change your mind for what, about what you think about yourself. Because he doesn't see you that way. And when you begin to change your mind, then you will begin to see God in action in your life. Things will change. You won't change it, but miraculously, which you will recognize, because your friends will see it, and you will notice it yourself. Amen? God's about to do that this morning. Amen? Are we going to believe with God today? Are we going to walk with God today? Would you lift your hands up in surrender and say, Yes, I believe. I believe. I am one with God. I am one with the Father. 
Jesus lives in me and I live in Jesus. He is my stronghold. I cannot be defeated. My problems are gone. I have victory even today. In Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a louder amen? Can I hear it? Amen. Amen. Feel that power of victory running through your veins right now. Because it's true. Amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. Bow your heads with me today. There may be somebody here today you have not actually made a commitment to Christ with all of your heart. It's been off and on, but you know God's calling you, and you know you need to make that commitment. God's calling you this morning. Jesus says, come and join the family. You're holding everything back. If that's you today, all I need you to do is put your hand up quickly and humble yourself before God and become a part of his family. God wants you. He's preparing a table for you. You don't prepare the table, he's doing that. All you need to do is come in today. At the count of three, if that's you, please put your hand up and God will recognize that you're saying, God, not looking to man, God, I surrender. I'm going to be a part of your family. That's all it takes. Acknowledging the word from the cross. It is finished. At the count of three, one, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Amen. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Can we pray together today? Pray for those that put their hands up. Thank you. Say with me and all of us. It's very important. Not only for those that have lifted their hands up for the first time. And every one of you is accepted in his family because he has accepted us in the beloved. Amen? In Christ, we are accepted. In Christ, we are accepted. In Christ, we are accepted. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, in Christ, we are accepted. See yourself that way. And when you do that, you honor his word. And when you honor his word, you honor God. In spite of how you feel. It's not what you feel, but what you believe today. Amen? Amen. Say with me, Father, I thank you that I'm a part of your family. Jesus is in me, and I am in Christ. Thank you, Father. I am a seed of Abraham because I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for him, for him, for him. It's so precious. What you're doing here is being done all over the world. Amen? All over the world. There are people that are coming to Jesus Christ and rejoicing in him. They have found the Savior. Actually, the Savior found them. <laughs> That's what it is. God bless you. Uh, our prayer partners are going to be up here. If you need prayer, please come down and they will pray for you. God bless you. We're dismissed.